This episode of the Expat Cast is brought to you by My Expat Taxes. They are a female expat founded company and I use them for my taxes every year because yeah, guess what? If you're a US American, even if you're living abroad, you have to file your US taxes. Pretty much every year I've had at least one new challenge to my taxes that I've had to work through. And what I love about my expat taxes is it's a software that is backed by people. So anytime I have a question, I can just contact them and they are really quick and friendly and so helpful. On top of that, they also make regular updates and improvements to the software. So for instance, now you can do your FBAR through them. There is even a live chat option. Seriously, every year I come back and get reminded why I like them so much and I get more impressed because of their improvements. So if you are a U.S. American living abroad, take this first off as a PSA and a reminder that you have to file your U.S. taxes. But also don't freak out. Just head over to myexpattaxes.com. They have tons of free open online resources explaining everything to you. To try out the software yourself, you can sign up using the code EXPATCAST, written in all caps, to save 10%. Have fun filing your U.S. taxes with My Expat Taxes. Welcome to the Expat Cast. This is the podcast where expats share their stories about fitting in, standing out, and every mishap on the journey to finding home abroad. I'm your host, Nicole. Before we get to today's episode, two quick asks or reminders. First off, I'm recording the Ask the Expat episode on Tuesday, March 15th. This means that you have until Monday the 14th to get any of your questions in. Questions can be anything from how to prepare for a move, tips for learning German, tips for integrating or settling into life abroad. Um, It could even be something personal if there's something you want to know about me and my story. Or I'll be joined by Idan of Unmatch Me Now. He is from Israel, living in Berlin, and runs a podcast about dating. If you have any questions around any of those topics, let us have them. You can email them to me at theexpatcast at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram at theexpatcast or on Twitter also at theexpatcast. Once again, you've got until Monday, March 14th for that. My second ask is a bit of a heavier lift. (laughs) I am collecting stories for the season finale, which will air on March 24th. And so these I need by Sunday, March 20th. And I say it's a heavier lift because the prompt that I want you to answer is, what are your current or former thoughts about if you want to have kids or not? And how have they been impacted by your life abroad and by your time abroad or your geographical status generally? (laughs) I would be really excited to hear from a good mixture of people who do actually have kids or are definitely planning on it, as well as people who are either planning not to, weren't able to, or especially those who are undecided. I mean, really everything's interesting. Everything's relevant. (laughs) So those you can also send me per text on Instagram, Twitter, or on email. But you can also send me a voice note. So if you go to theexpatcast.com, you'll see an icon with a microphone. And if you click and hold that, you can send me a voice note with your thoughts. I would really love to be able to include some of your voices. But that being said, I want to acknowledge it's a very intimate topic and I'm really grateful for anyone willing to share. So if you want to keep it really anonymous, you can just text it to me and I'll read the story out loud without identifying you. But yeah, as said, if you're up for it, then I would really love to get your voice note If you're willing to say your name and where you're living, where you're from, before you dive into your thoughts on the topic, that would be really wonderful. And anytime you send it through that voice note function, it comes directly to me. So once again, you have until Sunday, March 20th for that. 
All right, now you guys can sit back and relax (laughs) and listen to this week's episode, which I am very, very pumped to bring you because it's about a topic that's very near and dear to my heart, which is libraries. As you may know, I'm a librarian by day, and I've talked about it before on the show, but I mean, the whole topic of libraries is just giant. This actually was one of my longest recordings I've ever had, (laughs) and I really had to cut it down to keep it to a reasonable length, but I think Catherine and I could have just kept talking. Well, I know we could have kept talking because we've met up in person and done just that. Um, And one quick note about that, you are going to hear that Catherine is also a librarian in Freiburg and assume that we know each other. Well, now we know each other, but we actually didn't know each other until like maybe a month ago. And it's a funny story. So in December, I shared an episode with Julian, who's from Venezuela, and he talked to me about his experience getting therapy, living as a foreigner in Berlin. Turns out Julian has a friend named Catherine who also lives in Freiburg and is also a librarian. And she heard this episode once Julian posted it and reached out to me and said, hey, hi, here I am. (laughs) So I was thrilled to get that message because I I really felt a bit lonely in my career because I I don't really know any other foreigner librarians. I, I know of one or two people online, but that's about it. And so it can really feel a bit isolating at times. So it was very cool not just to find someone, but to find someone in person in Freiburg, who's super cool. (laughs) So yeah, that's how Catherine and I met. That's how this episode got to your feeds. So I hope that you guys enjoy it as much as we enjoyed recording it. My name is Catherine. I am a librarian in a university library. I am from Venezuela, actually from La Guaira, from the Caribbean Sea. I've been living in a German city called Freiburg for seven years. We can both share our stories of how we became, first off, interested in libraries, and then second off, how that connects with our moves abroad. Actually, I wanted to study translation science or languages. I didn't get the spot at the university. So I had the chance to go for library science, which I took. And then in between, I fell in love with this career. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I studied librarianship and then German and English as second languages. I began working when I finished my studies, my bachelor studies in librarianship at Goethe Institute. That would be like a cultural institution for Germany. And there you can like learn how to speak German. Uh, They also have like a bright program, a cultural program. In each country, they have a library. (laughs) So I started working there. I think it was 2011. And for three years, I experienced the German culture in a a deep way. And uh, that's where I took that decision to try to find a job in the library field in Germany. So this was all happening actually back in Venezuela. Yes, this all happened in Venezuela, but it was also thrived by the crisis because Venezuela is a country that um, in the last 10 years have been suffering a political, economical and social crisis. So I saw this as an opportunity and I thought back then, like, you know, I'm 27, a young professional person. Why not take a chance and then go to Germany and try to find a job? 
Yeah, so my story was, okay, I mean, I was a library kid growing up for sure, always a book nerd, um, but I thought I wanted to go into publishing, and I, I always really loved young adult novels, and I wanted to edit them at a publishing house, maybe even write some. And then my first job after college was, oh, because also what I should mention is in the US, you only can get a master's in library and information science. So a bachelor's doesn't really exist. So you can't actually work in a library for anything more than basically minimum wage if you don't have that master's. But what you get for your bachelor's is kind of, it doesn't matter. You just have to have a bachelor's so that you can get into the master's. My first job out of college was for a digital publishing company. And I was just sitting at my desk every day staring at a computer. And I just was like, oh my God, if I get into publishing, like this is all it's going to be. It's just long hours sitting and staring at a screen. And I couldn't do it. Meanwhile, part of my job was training librarians on a software and all the librarians I talked to were so happy and so cool. And they just like loved their job. They were passionate. They just were living a life that I wanted to also live. And so this is how I finally had my aha moment. I don't want to go into publishing. I want to go into libraries. And even my love of uh, working with teenagers and, and the young adult novels that they read, you know, a lot of public libraries in the U.S. have sections just for the teenagers. Yeah, so that's what I ended up doing. And I moved to Chicago, got my, um, it's called an MLIS, Master's of Library and Information Science. And I specialized mm -hmm. in children and teen services in public libraries. But at the same time, I was also dating this guy in Germany, long distance for two years. Oh, okay. And when I finished my studies, I thought, okay, so I'll just move to Germany. But I had just gotten this degree. So I was like, I'm only going to do this if I can do something related to libraries. That's how I ended up actually in Freiburg because I found um, a Bundesfreiwilligendienst, which is essentially like a federally sponsored gap year. Like I got paid no money. I was basically an intern and it was only a year long contract, no chance to renew. But the position was partially in a library of an American cultural center here in Freiburg. And I said, OK, it's close enough. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> and that's that was my kind of foot in the door to both life in Germany and then life as a librarian in Germany. So we have that in common, no? We we went for that offer to join a cultural institution that has a library. You know, we had like a Goethe Institute in Venezuela, but then you went for the American cultural institution in Germany. It's yeah, like, yeah, that's, that's true. A, that's a nice bridge to make a career move abroad. Yeah, and actually, that's really good that you point that out because that was so helpful for me, and I'm sure for you too. It was it was exactly like you said. It's this bridge where I was getting to try out librarianship, but not in the way I knew it beforehand. Because you know, working in a public library in the U.S. was one experience, but this was just different. It had a lot of similarities, but it was just different enough that when I ended up working in a German library it wasn't totally a shock to me because I had that connection. And I'm curious, was it the same for you where like having that Goethe Institute connection eased the transition? Yes. And it's also nice for the CV, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when actually finding a job, a real job in another country, it's also nice to have it in the CV that you uh, work for a cultural institution in a library setting. So what did you end up finding that could get you over to Germany? I went for a visa to look for a job and I only had six months. I had the help 
of an angel, if I might call him like that. He was a social worker uh, working for a Verein or an institution that helps uh, other immigrants uh, in applying for qualified jobs. So he kind of helped me with uh, little stupid things. Mm -hmm. I know it might sound funny, but it's like we did some training in performance while making a job interview like how to control your body language because it's really complicated if you're latin and you're always laughing and moving your hands kind of crazy yeah wow you should control that if you're going for a job interview in germany (laughs) and if you don't know that then it's gonna probably not gonna be that good did you also have to get your degree recognized in germany Yeah, well, you have this central page in Germany called Anavim, and there you can find the university and the degree that you studied in your country. So I had like my university, that would be the Central University of Venezuela, and Licenciada en Bibliotecología or Bachelor in Library Science. So I had this bachelor, anerkennung or recognition of my study, and it worked. I mean, it worked really good for making applications. And uh, but I must say, I sent about forty applications. Mm. Um, I will never forget this moment. And I went to the um, Arbeitsagentur, that will be like the job center. Then the lady took my passport and then she opens my passport and says, oh, you are Venezuelan. She closes and then she told me, I'm sorry, I, I can't help you. And I was like, what? what? <laughs> you haven't heard why am I here or what do I need from you or anything about me? I just fill an online application and I'm here and you just look for my passport and you told me you can't help me. Yeah, it's like, I know you have a visa to look for a job. But since you are not a European citizen, I can't help you. And let me tell you, librarians, they don't have it easy right now. I mean, the market is not that available right now. So good luck in finding a job. I was really hurt. Oh, <laughs> And uh, I, I knew it wasn't true because I was, you know, studying the market, the job market, and it was a lot. So I'm really happy that I could find some comfort and and some I don't know self-confidence after this what about you Nicole (laughs) yeah so for my first job that ended I said after a year I'd been really pushing to get my German up to a level that I could at least have a shot at working in a public library or at least a library in Freiburg because at this point I was really attached to Freiburg and it's kind of a small city so there's not that many options It was really tricky because, for instance, I interviewed at the um, university library here in town. I interviewed for a position much lower than my degree because I thought, okay, like my my German's just really not there yet. I don't even know how libraries work here yet. Um, Let me go down sort of a career level and then learn it. And then I can look for a better position in a couple of years. And I had this interview and they said, hey, you're actually really overqualified for this. Why don't you apply for this other job that's more at your level? So I apply for that job. I have an interview for that job. And they tell me, hey, um, you're a really great candidate, but your German's just not really there. And I thought, like, yeah, I know it's not there. That's why I applied for this other job, which was below my level. But at least I could have done the German required. That's something that I'm really disappointed at this point of my life living in Germany. I always see what the 
deutscher Bibliotheksverband, that will be like the German Association of Libraries. And everybody is always like discussing, oh, we would like to have more diversity in our institutions. And it's like, you have these opportunities and then you don't take it. And then always the excuses, oh, your German is not that good, or mm, maybe you have this accent, or... Mm. But the qualification is there. So this is why I get sometimes a little bit angry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then something like language, I think you can improve on that. I don't know. Right. Sometimes I have this feeling diversity is wanted, but not that needed when it comes about the decision. Yeah. And I, I mean, on one hand, I do understand it, especially with the language, because it's such a communications-based career. So I, I can understand that. But but then on the other hand, it's like, well, then I'm willing to be flexible. So I kind of need you to be a little flexible too. And okay, so then, then the right position opened up at a different library and it was at a level that actually was fitting for, because I, I used to be more of a manager level. This job was also at a manager level and I was like, oh, cool. Okay. Maybe I can actually keep moving in my career the way I expected to just in Germany. That would be really cool. And they actually did the magical thing where they, you know, my German was no better at that interview than the other one a month before, but they were willing to say exactly what you just said, which is language is something you can improve on and it's good enough. And we trust that when we give you this chance that you're going to do the work to get where you need to be. Yeah, so I got offered the job, but under certain conditions, because there was a lot of paperwork that had to go through. And this is where I had to do, I mean, it was crazy. I had to get my high school transcripts, my college transcripts, and my uh, master's transcripts, original copies plus translated copies. I actually did a whole episode about all the paperwork I needed back in the day, so I'll spare everyone the details. And then on top of that, I had to get my degree recognized. And this database you mentioned earlier, you can go on there and see if you can find your degree and your, your school. But for me, it didn't actually work. So I had to pay a couple hundred euros, send all of my paperwork off to this institution that took a look at everything and then would declare if my degree is equivalent to a German master's degree or not. And I got, I would consider it lucky. <laughs> and they said it did count as a master's. And I do think that your country there plays a big role because, I mean, first off, the U.S. just has all sorts of advantages coming with it in the international environment, but also specifically in libraries. The U.S. is looked at internationally as having some of the best public libraries in the world. Yeah. And U.S. libraries are an inspiration for German libraries as well. So Yeah, I, exactly. So I do think it probably benefited me to be coming from that specific background. And I'm not sure how the... Anerkennung or recognition works for other countries. Um, because the, the other thing is uh, with these other fields, like you mentioned, like um, being a doctor or something, it's way more common that they're having to do recognition paperwork at this certain government office. And so they have sort of a go-to standard of if it's going to work or not. But with libraries, there's not that many people making international shifts to Germany. It's a non-regulated job. Exactly. So that's kind of how it went for me. And then I'm still at that job. But we never actually got to hear how your story ends. So you had all these interviews, you put all these applications out. And, and I had like four to five job interviews. In Freiburg, it was my third. I will say it was a week. And then after a week, they called me and told me like, we would like to have you on your team. Are you interested? And I was like, of course. <laughs> I only had six months to find a job. And yeah, I found a job in four months. And then I just moved into Freiburg. And I've been yeah working in a, that's a 
university library. It's kind of different when you put the users as in the center. It's like you work for a public library, I work for a university library, so our users are completely different. Maybe our goals are also different. I don't know, sometimes I will like to make a shift and then get to know more how public libraries work. But I don't know, I've been working by now. Oh my God, it, it's a long time. I mean, more than 10 years in university libraries and in this uh, German cultural center. So I don't know what's it like to work for a public library. <laughs> How is it for you, Nicole? <laughs> in public libraries, I think it really depends what department you're in because that shows who your clients are or your patrons. So if I had been working in the kids department or in the teen department, of course, it's a totally different game than working in the adult section or one of the specialized sections. So actually, it's not that uncommon in Germany to have like a music library. So for instance, I work in a research department. And so I do still get some research questions that were similar to what I would get when I was working in the academic library. So oh, nice. of course, it's a slightly different level because it's more so either hobbyists coming in with a certain question about the topic they're interested in, or it's um, students of a younger age. So like high school or maybe even middle school. Um, whereas, of course, you're working with maybe 18 to 25 or even older year olds who are seeking a degree. But I think the thing that really stands out to me at a public library is that you just have to be ready for anything. And this is really where I feel my international identity come out because people come in and they will say anything from, I'm looking for information about the witch hunts, which all of my German classes, we never talked about witch hunts. I had no idea what that term was in German the first time I heard it. And it, it was really hard to help this person find information when I was like, well, I only kind of know that this has something to do with witches, but I don't know what you're saying. Mm -hmm. um, or for instance, what happens often is someone will say, hey, I really like to read crime novels. Um, can you recommend something? Yeah. And honestly, I don't read in German that much, if at all. And if I do, it's probably nonfiction. So I can't yeah. really give any recommendations ever. And that was a huge part of my job in the US was giving recommendations face to face or making lists online, displays around recommending novels or other books that I've read. And here I just really don't do that. You are practicing a really important skill as librarian, and that will be developing solution to information issues. This is one of the most important skills when it comes to about job mobility, because if, I don't know, let's uh, say in two years you decide not to work in a library anymore, but maybe in a research institution, you will have that skill with you. And you can use that skill to, I don't know, maybe answer some statistical questions for a company. It's like a really good skill setting that we as librarians have. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You can totally sell the librarianship degree to work in any number of environments. So you could do museums, archives, or even corporate life. Granted, if you're coming to Germany, you're going to have a harder time selling the companies or the institutions on that kind of flexibility because as we've shared, German culture generally, but also specifically the bureaucratic system here is not flexible. Yeah, the move when you're like trying to achieve some job mobility and then kind of do something related with information in general, you need to go another way. And uh, making internships 
help a lot. Um, if you would like not to work in libraries, but you have a library, typical library degree and lot of experience in libraries, you can go for the private sector. You know, it's always a possibility to work for a company. But if you have never worked in the private sector, you need to make an internship. That's a very good point. Also, another way to go will be to make uh, what Germans call Weiterbildung or special course. Uh, sometimes it's like a year program and then you can learn something extra to what you already have in your CV. You, you can like orient this in, a, in an institutional setting in the private sector it will be also an opportunity. But yeah, maybe learning something new or go for an internship or a training program. Many companies have that. It's not much money, <laughs> but after six months, um, you will have other cards and especially other networking. We're about to dive into all of the jobby stuff, but I want to I want to circle back for one more minute and talk about libraries in general. In Venezuela, when you go to a public library, do you have to pay for the card or is it just given to you? You can pay for the card, but it's not much. Okay, so for me, this is a huge culture shock. Um, in the U.S., one of the most important things about public libraries is that they're public for everyone. So you never pay for a library card. You might pay if you give the book back too late. Okay. But I think when I was a kid, it was like 10 cents per day or something like this. So now these days, maybe it's maybe it's 50 cents or a dollar. But actually, it's a big trend in the US to get rid of late fees entirely. So yeah, really, when you walk into a library, between walking in the door and leaving, you're never going to take out your wallet unless you're, I don't know, printing, or making a copy. Otherwise, no. Well, university libraries are cost and loss or gratis. Public libraries, maybe you paid a little bit in Venezuela, but um, university libraries are for free, I guess in the US as well. Yeah, yeah. So then it's included in your tuition. But yeah, coming to Germany and finding that in public libraries, you pay anywhere from maybe 10 euros to 30 euros for an annual library card. This was a huge culture shock, first off, but also it totally fundamentally changes the experience because now you have members and non-members. And in the U.S., you don't ever have that question. Everyone who walks in the door is equal. But here in Germany, it's it doesn't make a difference if you pay or not. And it comes into, from what I've come to understand about it, it comes into the wider cultural belief that anything that's free is free for a reason, and it's not a good reason. So everything should have a cost. And the German system also supports people a lot financially. So not every single person in this country, but by and large, people here can afford a life. Germany is a social market economy and you pay for the library card. It's kind of curious, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And But even with, for instance, I've had customers ask me, hey, look, I have a form of autism. My son also has a form of autism. It's very difficult for us to give books back on time. And actually, it's quite expensive, to, in my opinion, compared to the US, it's, it's quite expensive to give things back late here. Um, I think every library is a bit different, but it's probably going to be a couple euros instead of a couple cents. And basically, the, these people were asking like, hey, is there anything you can do considering our disabilities? If this were in the US, first off, we wouldn't be having the conversation because there wouldn't be fees. But second off, if there were fees, we would pretty much immediately drop them because we would say, oh, wow, yeah, that's a challenge and that's totally understandable. Maybe try to try different methods to make sure you get the books back on time. But here, we'll get rid of the fees. But here, um, what I've 
learned is that response is more so, no, you do have to pay the fees because basically if your autism is impacting your day-to-day life enough, then you're given a social worker who's coming and helping you with specifically these kind of things. Um, And if the autism is not that severe where you could still do these things on your own, then you're considered capable of doing it on your own. So in either case, there's there's a system to support you that you theoretically should be able to do this, quote unquote, correctly without getting the late <laughs> fees. And th- I don't know, to me, this, this was just a huge shock. And I still actually struggle with this sometimes because it's just really fundamentally different than the ethics and mindset that I learned the career in. And I don't, I, I I actually don't really want to say one version is better than the other because I think they're just so different. And I'm still years in really trying to, on a deeper level, understand this German kind of outlook or system. But yeah, I think that's one huge difference that stands out to me. Do you have any in the academic setting that stand out to you? Well, I was quite amazed when I came here to see how automated everything was. Working for this German cultural institution was kind of, you know, similar because we use in Southwest Germany this common program for metadata exchange. And uh, it was, everything was known to me, but to see how easygoing everything was uh, and well automated, it was, it was a big surprise for me. You know, Venezuela, with this uh, crisis going on the last 20 years, we as country didn't have the chance to develop our library system as we imagined. And uh, of course, it's for me really good and for my career to be be abroad and then learn how um, this field is developing because it's developing so fast. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if if you make... Pause and in five years you later you wake up it will be totally different it's uh, I don't know if I compare it to other professions it's changing too fast and then we are always pacing up I love that about this profession is that you you're never bored no two days are ever the same and you can know that you can stay in this career until you retire and you're never just going to be punching in and out because there there's always new things coming in that we have to adapt to, be it a pandemic, be it new technology. It's a very dynamic field, I would say. When you travel around, do you visit libraries? Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, actually, my last huge visit, it was at the library, at the university library of the University of Stockholm in Sweden. Ooh. I went with my boyfriend, now my husband, for a week. You know, I was kind of curious and then I sent an email and this is how networking works. Pay attention. I just <laughs> no, sent an email like, hey, I'm going to be in Stockholm. Can I maybe just get a guided tour or something, you know? And then like this lady writes me back also from Latin America originally. She was from Argentina working in the library and she was the person that takes care from people like Erasmus. And then she was like, okay, would you like to be a week here? And what would you like to learn? I was like, okay, I was just thinking about, you know, making a guided tour. <laughs> but I just wow. and I spent one day was like a full day in the library and then I was like telling them you know I'm interested to know what do you do in your acquisition department how do you manage ebooks and licensing and 
and it was amazing you know it's like they took me to the kitchen and we had coffee breaks and when I look back it, it was only an email you know and then this is a great opportunity yeah there's there's a certain openness there there that's quite lovely I mean that's something that drew me to the profession and it's something that's also benefited me as as a foreigner in the field uh, and I did want to ask I, I think you ended up going to school while working right and now you also have your master's Oh, yeah. In 2019, I decided to go for a master's because, I don't know, I always had this thought that maybe if I have a master's degree from the country I am working, I will get more recognition or maybe it's like a sign. So in case I apply for other jobs in other cities, I don't know, in the future, it's like a sign like, okay, this is a really professional person. It's like, if we're going to go for diversity, then this will be the person because she has a lot of experience and has a degree from a German institution. So I went for this. It was at the Humboldt University of Berlin. I really loved it. And it was a Fernstudium or a stand learning program. And it's like you could go on the weekends two times in a month. But since pandemic years, it was everything online. But it worked. It was kind of uh, exhausting, I must say. But I'm really happy. And uh, since last year, I can call myself a Master of Arts in Library and Information Science. Are there any other non-Germans in your workplace? And kind of a part two to that question, do you feel that diversity that you are on a daily basis? When I came to the institution I'm working, it was another person there. He was from Ghana, but he retired. We also had an Ausubildende. It's like, like you said, in Germany, you can like study a bachelor program or make a trainee program. How do you call it? Like yeah, a trainee or apprenticeship. Professional training as a library assistant. And we also had a one person from Spain. I mean, she was German on the paper, but she grew up in Spain. But that's it. I mean, we are not that many people. We are 20. And I also have a colleague from Poland. And I must say, I really connect with her. It's nice having sites from other places. And she also studied librarianship in Poland. So it's a nice exchange. Uh, I also have nice exchanges with my German colleagues. But when you take a look in university libraries, you don't find diversity that much. Especially, you don't find diversity in management positions. Probably, especially in a place like Freiburg that's somewhat international, but more so in the student population. And beyond that, it's not not international, but it's not a big city like Berlin or Munich or something. Maybe there's more diversity there, but yeah, who's to say? Though I would be interested if any, if any other international librarians in, in Germany are listening. But yeah, with that, then let's get to that. If anyone is listening and is interested in looking into this profession, I know you've got some tips for us for how to do it. So tips of uh, challenges of job search abroad. If you're like, trying to look for a job in library science, you need to know the job application formalities. Also, you need to know everything about work permit and visa i mean the legal aspects of working in that country you would like to be in then of course you have like job platforms but there are also in our field several hidden job markets what do i mean <laughs> exactly 
If you don't have the network in this new country you would like to go, maybe try these hidden job markets through associations because maybe they will give you some tip. Okay, find this web page and then go there. And then in Germany, it will be Open Bibliojobs. That's the main platform to find librarianships uh, or information science jobs. The other thing will be when you would like to be in a new country and work as a librarian, the possibility that you need to learn new stuff is high. I mean, acquisition of new knowledge, you need to be open for that. And then... As we commented before, this is a field that is always in constant change. You need to pace up. When it comes about information standards, it might come something new. I mean, we have like these RDA rules for cataloging people <laughs> that are really important. And then if you are not familiar with it, or maybe your country is not that developed in that field, You need to yeah, learn about that, maybe metadata exchange. These are typical librarian skills, and then you need to be good on that if you would like to work, for example, at, at a cataloging department. We mentioned also a possibility to offer the private sector. You can maybe, if you are not that lucky in the librarianship field, maybe working for academic publishers could be an option. In the book commerce as well. I mean, you can take a look on that. Networking is also a big word when it comes about finding a job and job mobility abroad. The most important networking places or agents in our field are associations, the academic contacts you might have. Also, small lease communities, like if you are interested in the public library sector, then take a look what's in there. I mean, do you have like a Facebook group or some social media sites where people meet and share their opinions, then go for it. You have also as networking possibilities, new and former colleagues. Uh, with new colleagues, I mean, I mean, you can contact a university library and then like ask as I did for a guided tour, or maybe you tell like, hey, I'm a librarian. Can I go there and you show me or can I do a training program at your institution? If you work, for example, in a university library before, you also have commercial contacts. If you would like to go for the private sector, then maybe take a look of and on these big enterprises you actively worked with, I mean, your providers they might be an interesting option while looking for a job abroad. Also important are the intercultural practices at work. I mean, if you're working in a new country, obviously you will encounter new experiences while interacting with others. In language and communication, we are always going to have different manners of seeing and communicating. It's like humor is different. <laughs> When you are in a new country, Nicole, do you have the feeling that humor in a German institutional setting is completely different as in the U.S.? I mean, it's barely there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, comparison. exactly. You need to live with it. You know, it's like maybe sometimes it is how it is. And then but you need to adapt to yeah. the setting you're living and working with. It's also hard expressing own opinions. I don't know how you feel about it. 
but it's like as as a latin sometimes i'm not that open to tell you like you know i find you really awful or oh you're making me feel uncomfortable i'm not open for that but germans they are super direct you know they just You, they just go for it and they are like oh you look like shit are you okay today <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah you it's really I mean? an adjustment yeah and sometimes expressing own opinions in a new setting could be overwhelming but you will get to it also you know some challenges uh, could be overcoming anxiety it was for me really complicated at the beginning of my career in germany when i uh, needed to make guided tours for new students in german Of course, I was really excited to do that. But at the beginning, I needed to go to the bathroom and then take a deep breath and then be like two minutes on my own to overcome that, that anxiety of interacting with others in a foreign language. Take it easy. It's hard at the beginning. It gets better a little bit every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's very true. Yeah, I'm gonna go and close these tips with networking people. It brings you new possibilities. Yeah. Try it. <laughs> I forgot to mention actually when I was telling my story of how I got my job. Um, yeah, I think this was just a couple months into moving here and I just showed up to the public library one day and said, hey, I am a librarian from the US and I'm just curious to learn how public libraries work here. And they called upstairs and this really friendly lady stopped what she was doing and spent like an hour with me answering my questions and sharing information with me. It was really cool and really helpful. And I was so, so afraid to walk in the door and open my mouth and ask that question that day. And I'm so glad I did because they made me feel so comfortable and so good about it. Fast forward six months, I am job hunting and I send an unsolicited job application to that person and you know i mentioned just hey i don't know if you remember me but my contract's running up and i'm starting to look so if you hear of anything let me know and they knew you because you were theirs yeah exactly and so it wasn't that we had an, you know a mutual friend or something like that but that was just kind of like what you were saying in stockholm it was just curiosity and, and wanting to learn and then that turned into a connection I wanted to piggyback on one of your tips and you mentioned like the, the German Library Association website is a good place to look at for jobs. You mentioned a really good couple tips on how to think creatively about what you what you can do within the larger field, even if it's not directly what you had been doing in your home country. Yeah, and I, I wanted to second those statements and then also recommend there is a website. It's called inalj.com. So I need a library job. That's the initials <laughs> of it. Um, .com. And it's primarily US-based, but they do have an international section. And it's just a jobs board. So it just collects all of the current listings in different states in the US. But again, they do have an international section and they sometimes post things there. So that is a good place to go. The international stuff is quite limited. They do, though, have links on that website to the different countries' library association websites. So that's a really good way to, to research is just start there and keep track of where you're clicking and keep notes of where you're looking at. If you know you're moving to a certain city, obviously just research there. If you know you're interested in a certain language, you can research library associations in that region, in that language, in that country. Because yeah, you can't really rely on there being like a everything served on a nice platter. Here are all the possible jobs. Like you're really going to have to do some creative searching and creative hunting to find these things. And I found actually 
I had to, in some cases, look up individual libraries and then go to their websites, go to their career page to find if they had a listing or not. Yeah, because it's just not a big enough industry that they're posting on these big databases and things like that. And I mean, I definitely will say I'm happy to share any more thoughts or resources that I can share if there is someone in the in the field who's looking. Yes, of course. If you are from any part of the world and are interested in finding a job in Germany, I can tell you my tips. I'm thinking, I'm like, oh man, we should start like a Facebook group or something for foreigner librarians in Germany. That would be so cool to just have a place to exchange, to exchange ideas. To exchange yeah, some tips. So. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to see. Anyway, okay. Well, we're going to have to wrap it up then. To end things, we're going to round the corner and head to home with the ending segment, which is called Zack, Zack, Zack. So it's a rapid fire question round where I ask you three questions that you answer without thinking it, overthinking it. Just go with your gut. Are you ready? Yes. Yes. (laughs) What is your favorite library you've ever been to in the whole world? Whoa. In the whole world? (laughs) The whole world. That's a awful question, but I <laughs> I'm gonna go with the Iberoamericanisches Institut in Berlin. That would be the Iberoamerican Library in Berlin, the biggest library specialized in the Caribbean, Latin America, and Spanish literature. What is the last book that you read and loved and would recommend? Oh, I read a book about a German politician called Aminata Touré. Title of the book uh, will be something in English like uh, we, we could be definitely more. And it's about racism and uh, how to overcome racism in uh, the German society and how to encourage or how to be more open and have equal possibilities, you know, for people that have um, another background, let's say. And finally, what kind of reader are you? So if you have a book that you own in your hands, do you fold the pages down to mark your page? Do you take notes in the book? Do you highlight the book? Do you use a bookmark? What is your your general reading etiquette for books that you own? Okay, that I own. No, I don't mark them. I I am a post-it person, you know. It's like... Mm. (laughs) Yeah. I I do some post-its on it, but then... I'm sure that I can take them back and then it's going to look fine. Well, very, very good. And and yeah, we both mentioned that we're happy to talk to any librarians out there. So I'll mention my social media in the um, in the very end during the outro. But Catherine, where can people find you and connect with you? Yeah, well, I have a Twitter account and it's a cat. And then you go for the minus and Louis. Cat minus. Cat like Catherine. Cat. Mm-hmm. And then underscore L-U-E, cat underscore Louis. Awesome. Okay, I will link to (laughs) your Twitter in the show notes. Thank you so very much for coming and doing this episode. It is such a cool thing to talk to another foreigner librarian in Freiburg. Thank you very much for the invitation and people network together. (laughs) All all of you, all of us. Thanks again to Catherine for coming on to the show. I will link to her Twitter in my show notes, and I'll also link to the book that she mentioned at the end. My social media is also in the show notes, so you can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at The Expat Cast. You can visit me online at theexpatcast.com. 
and you can email me at theexpatcast at gmail.com. If you are a librarian listening to this episode and you have questions about what it's like to work as a librarian abroad, please feel free to reach out to Catherine and I. As we both said, we're very happy to talk about this and especially give some more personal advice to any individuals out there trying to make similar moves. Quick reminder, you've got until Monday, March 14th to send me your Ask the Expat questions for the advice-themed episode coming up next week. And you've got until Sunday, March 20th to send me your stories about if you want to have kids or not and how it connects to your geography they're on instagram at a hug from the side on thursday i'll be back in your feeds with the ask the expat episode where i'll be joined by idan from unmatch me now till then have a wonderful week stay healthy and stay safe this done choose